Good day and welcome to True Wisdom, where Andrew and I talk about God uh, by addressing his word to us, the Bible. Um, welcome, Andrew. Welcome, Robert. And we welcome all those who are listening. Um, this happens to be an interesting episode because this falls on Easter weekend, and it just so happens that uh, there's three major religions who are celebrating special issues on this weekend. You have the Jewish Passover holiday, uh, you have the Muslim Ramadan holiday, and then you have the Christian Easter celebration. And though we do not declare that this is exactly when uh, Christ was risen, I don't think anyone makes that declaration. This weekend is when Christ is risen. We do celebrate the uh, rising of our Savior. So, Andrew, I have this, I'd like to start out with this question, and then we'll go into prayer. And we will talk about our theme verse. But I wanted to start out with this question, and hopefully we can answer it by the end of this episode. Which, okay. which of Jesus's uh, significant moments on this earth is more important? Between these three, which is more important? His birth, his death, or his resurrection? Which is the most important? And before we get into that discussion, what is our theme verse? Our theme verse comes to us from Proverbs 9, 9 and 10. Give instruction to a wise man, he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9, 9 and 10. All right. And uh, I believe it's my turn to pray. Dear mm -hmm. Lord, as we talk about this very significant time, we pray that you'll be with us, you'll direct our words, you'll open our hearts to understanding, and we will learn something more about you today. Amen. Amen. So how would you like to begin breaking down that set of questions. We celebrate, well, um, we basically celebrate hmm. two of the three as Christians. We celebrate the birth and we celebrate the resurrection. We do not necessarily celebrate his death. It was, um, well, I, I would argue that the week when the weekend, because the death and the birth and the resurrection are three days apart, no more than three days apart, before I enter into controversy before we started. Um, <laughs> The the we we celebrate if you celebrate if you celebrate or at least acknowledge because everyone doesn't celebrate necessarily but if you celebrate or acknowledge the resurrection you have to acknowledge the crucifixion which happened just prior right right there would be no resurrection right? so it's possible right it's possible to deal with the whole Easter Passover thing and not deal with um and not deal with the the birth and and I'll take a moment to say this. Right. Um, there are a lot of people who will point out and emphasize that Easter as a name is pagan. Yes, it does. In not the same way, appear in the Bible. 
or our house. No, no, that's true, true. Yes, yes, one time. Yes, yes, in the New Testament. Yes. But and we should address that. So let's let's do it. Let's say it this way. Christmas as a celebration of Christ's birth is it has pagan origins. Yes. Because no matter what math you do, Jesus was not born in the in the middle of December of a of a current calendar. Right. Okay, on the end of December. He's not born in the winter. Okay. That that can't that can't be the case. So um, that celebration started from pagan origins, and there are many people who won't celebrate it today on account of that. Right. Okay. Um, then, then Easter. Easter is a pagan god like Ishtar. So again, it starts on the basis of a pagan um, holiday, at least by the name. Obviously, the event took place. It was, it was Passover. That that happened in a particular mm-hmm. year. Now. The Jewish calendar and the and our contemporary calendars do not align one for one. The Jewish calendars are a thirty day, twelve month calendar, um, with leap months, not leap days or a leap year. They have leap months that happen ever so often, mm. and and so this is partly why Passover and and um, and Easter, as celebrated by most of Christianity. Don't align. This is a special year, 2023, right. to have both of those aligned, and also Ramadan. And also Ramadan. Um, to have those aligned is because is just because of the way the calendars flow over time. So there, there's a lot of there's actually more controversy than people realize when it comes to the celebration of these things because not everyone agrees on celebrating them, even if they believe in Christ. Right. Okay? Because the underlying holidays associated with the event. Are not necessarily of Christian of Christian origin. Besides which, Jesus said, "This do in remembrance of me." Speaking of the Last Supper, right? And and you don't have to hold the Last Supper only once a year. Right. So there are there are all of those complications around it. Now, as far as far as Easter, um, obviously Easter is a newer phenomena, right? Why is it listed in the Bible? Because when, in the King James, when they translated it, because they were coming out of the Dark Ages, they named it after the holiday they were already celebrating. Instead of naming it after the holiday that was celebrated at the time that it existed, which was Passover. Mm-hmm. So the word Easter should not be King James, but it does. Yes, yes, yes. That's a better way of saying it. You understand? Correct. And, and this, is, um, this is why when we speak about inaccuracies and mistranslations and that sort of stuff. Those things do exist. That's one example without, without destroying the Bible. Because if you, if you were to read the Greek upon which that translation comes from, the Greek does not say Easter. It says nothing of the sort. The underlying word would be Passover. Right? So, but because they were interpreting it familiar to what the people were understood at the time, they put Easter. shouldn't have them. All right, so let's go to that verse. Yes, because I see other translations. All right, so let's go to that verse. It is in Acts 12, verse 4. And what is the context of this story? Yeah, oh, okay, actually, you want to do that? Do from verses 1 through 5. That's what I was going to say. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he kills James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. 
then were the days of unleavened bread. That is important. It's yes. in a parenthetical here, yep. but that's a very important phrase. Yep. So we're at verse 4. And when he had apprehended mm -hmm. him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions, quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intended mm -hmm. after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Mm -hmm. Peter, therefore, mm -hmm. was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Mm -hmm. So I went ahead and took a look at some other translations just to see how they okay. translated this word. And they used the word Passover. Uh-huh. In fact, if you look at the Strong's Concordance, it says so. It says, of Chaldee origins, the Passover, the meal, the day, the festival, or special activities, associated with it. And then they put Easter next, comma, Passover. But again, that's that's someone deciding after the fact. Because Easter doesn't exist at the time of, of um or it might have existed. I mean who knows what the, the pagans are there. But it's not like the it's not like Mark, Luke and John are paying attention to pagan holidays and using their name. Right. Yeah, so this was definitely right. supposed to be translated so, in essence, Easter should never appear. That word should not appear in the Bible. It, it should not. And then, so, and even, even more fun, it shows the underlying word, the underlying Greek word, shows up 29 times in the King James Version. Okay? And here are some of the verses where it shows up. You know that after, this is Matthew 26. There are three verses, there are three Four of those verses are in Matthew 26. In fact, all of these places are in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all associated with the the um, all associated with the um, the Passover. It says, "You know that after two days, and the Son of Man is betrayed to to be crucified." So, of this word in the Scripture was translated Passover. 28 other instances. And someone decided in that particular passage to take even though, even though the, um, the verse before it pointed out these were the days of unleavened bread, which has nothing to do with Easter. Mm -hmm. So in regard to the death of Christ... Yes. There's some confusion. Jesus himself said, in three days will the temple be destroyed. Ah, let me find the mm. exact text because I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because it's one of the things the Pharisees wanted to get after him about. Mm-hmm. All right, so look carefully because uh -huh, are is. you looking at the one in Mark fourteen? Matthew twelve forty. Uh twelve forty is not the well go ahead. We we can deal with that. This okay. is a good time to address that. All right, so this is Matthew twelve mm -hmm. verse forty. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said 
I'll start at um, 38. It's important to start at 38. Matthew 12, 38. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered Mm -hmm. and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Mm -hmm. Jonas. For Mm -hmm. as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son Mm -hmm. of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Read 41, though. Okay. 41 and 42. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonas, and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. They repented at the what of Jonas? Preaching of Jonas. Okay, good. Read 42. The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Okay, now, the reason I bring that up is because people point to the three days and three nights as having to do with Christ in the tomb. It does not. There are two instances of, right? There are two instances of this and the three days and three nights are referring to the preaching ministry of Christ as compared with the wisdom of Solomon espoused and the preaching of Jonah. It has nothing to do with his death and burial. All of the, the comments related to Christ's death and burial say in three days or on the third day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So there's, there's a difference in what is being requested or what is being outlined in those circumstances. And on the third day is the primary phrase that is used when Christ is talking about his resurrection. And so if he dies on Friday, that's the first day. Mm-hmm. The Sabbath that he is the second day. And the, and the uh, resurrection on Sunday morning early, is the third day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. Let's let's use a different event, okay? Imagine that Jesus said, imagine that the the, the wedding at at Cana was a three-day wedding, right? Three days of festivities, blah, blah, blah. And let's say that that the party, and I know that it's going to be problematic for us because of the Sabbath, but let's say that it started on Friday. What would be the first day of that of that wedding? Uh, Friday. It would be Friday. What would be the second day of that wedding? It would be Sabbath. And what would the third day of that wedding be? Sunday, right? And so, the, when you're when you're talking about an event, the first day is the day that the event begins on. It's not the day following that day. It's the day that the event begins on. Right. A right, lot of people right. look at it and try and trying to figure out how to get 72 hours in there. But that's not what Christ said. He said, in three days, X, Y, and Z. Right. So normally it's um, when we count. It's funny. I did this my whole life doing Bible verses. You know how you try to split Mm -hmm. up when you have multiple people and you try to split up Bible verses? Because we're taught to count from... uh, we don't count the number we start on. 
So if you say uh, Lewis has five apples and he gives someone three, how many does he have left? We are taught to count by subtracting. But when you have Bible text, you can't. You have to start with the one. If you're reading verses one to mm-hmm. eight, you don't have seven mm-hmm. verses to read. You have mm-hmm. actually eight verses to read. So in yeah. that same way, when Jesus says, um, um, it's three days, when he, as soon as he goes down, that's day one. And it doesn't have to be a 24-hour cycle. It just has to be no. this day, this day, and this day. That's it. Exactly. In, in the same way that, you know, just to use the wedding example, if you're having a party or wedding, whatever the case is, and you say it's three days, it doesn't matter what time of the day that thing starts. If it starts by, on Tuesday at 6 p.m., that's the Tuesday is the first day of the party. Right. 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 Wednesday is the second day. It can be 12 hours later. Like if the party started at 9 p.m. on Tuesday, and actually I wouldn't do 9 p.m. just because in Bible times, obviously, once the night comes, that's the next day. So let's stick to daylight hours, right? Let's say that it's 6 p.m. It's 6 p.m. that this party starts on Tuesday, on Tuesday afternoon, evening, whatever you want to call that. And then by 9 o'clock in the morning, the next morning, which is only 15 hours later, you're on day two of the party. (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to get to the 25th hour to make it into day two. You just have to be in the next day versus the previous day that the party had started it. Right. But but many, many people, and I've seen many preachers do it, they do, they take the three days and three nights in the in the belly of the of the whale, belly of the fish, and they use it as though it's part of um the bat the the death and resurrection, and it's not. It's not listed there. And if you go through the verses and get the full context, Jesus is comparing himself to Jonah from a preaching and a um, revival and a repentance standpoint. Mm-hmm. So this would also answer the question that they obviously would not crucify him on um, a Sabbath. Correct. Correct. In fact, in fact, crucifixion was intended to be a long, torturous process. That was the whole point. Cruelty was the point. So ask yourself this. Why were they sent to break the legs of Jesus? Yeah, because they were going to take him down before the Sabbath. The other thing we have to... Or hasten his death. Remember, a person who's crucified is being suspended by their arms painfully. And what do they do? They push up with their legs also painfully until they're too tired to do that. And they slag back until they're too tired. And it's intended torture. This this whole process, crucifixion is not just, you know, tie you to a tree, nail you to a tree and just sit there. No, it's intended to be excruciating for as long as you can bear it before you keel over. Okay? And... And so everybody is surprised when they go to break the legs of Jesus and recognize he's already dead. They broke the legs so that the person wouldn't be able to push up and they would die faster because they would just suffocate. Okay? And so Jesus was, and they tested him by using the spear. That's why those things happen. Yeah. Nobody expected him to be dead already. He was a young man. Yeah, it's horrifying. 
yeah, it is horrifying. We we don't appreciate how gruesome that whole that whole process was. So yeah, there was no way. There was a Friday afternoon thing. They were trying to be wrapped up. That's why the women came out later. There was not enough time between when he died and the clo- and the beginning of the Sabbath. So they simply hastily put him in the tomb. They did you know bare minimum stuff to him and put him in the tomb. Okay with the intention of coming back to him um, quickly after the Sabbath. Here's the other thing, and I've never said this before, and I've never heard anyone say it before, but it just clicked for me. There's, there's no way that there could have been three full days in this process in any event, because the women were coming back to embalm him. Mm-hmm. His body would rot in three days. They would not be attempting to touch him. That's true because of Jewish traditions as well. Yes. yes. Exactly. Right? They they had a problem touching a dead body that just died, much oh, less yes. one that was okay. So they it, with him dying on Sabbath afternoon, you know, not Sabbath afternoon, on, on Friday afternoon, and then them skipping just the 24 hours and coming back to him as early as they could. They actually came overnight, so they were closer to 18 hours. But still, if he was dead for that long, he his body would have seen corruption, which the Bible tells us he did not see. Thou will not suffer thy holy ones to see corruption. Right? That's a song. Right. A prophetic song. So all of this is in a relatively short period of time, but so overlaps the hours that you still get first day, second day, and third day out of it. I see, I see. All right. Okay. All right, so. Before we go, you still have that most important question, unless you have something else you wanted to ask. No, that's 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 a great way to end. Um, what say you? Well, so the most important question, the question of which is most important, birth, um, death, and resurrection, all three are vital, right? Because you can't die if he's never born. And he can't be resurrected if he doesn't die. But the one that's most important for us is the last one. And that, by definition, that should be obvious, right? If, three, if you get three things that are done, there's no way you could say the third one wasn't important. <laughs> because otherwise they would have stopped at two. If it wasn't important, only two of them would have been done. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one is essential, and we did a podcast on this before. The third one is essential because the hope, the blessed hope, the the basis for the blessed hope is the resurrection. We believe that Jesus is coming back to get us because he he got up the first time and left us. If he's in the tomb, there's not a lot of hope left for us. If sure, yes. the removal of our sins would be nice, but the expectation of the second coming and a new life with him and glorification, those hinge on the resurrection. Yes. That's what Paul spends a whole chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, saying. With so all three parts of that are vital, but the last one is the most important of the three, the resurrection. Yes. 
Right. It uh, it baffled some people because their thought was, well, he couldn't have been resurrected if he didn't wasn't born and died. But it has to do with what it means to us. His birth to us was the forcoming, the forcoming, the 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 coming of the Messiah. This was promised to us, but he mm-hmm. was promised to us with a couple of 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 things that also had to happen. So his coming and right. being born was the fulfillment. That's the word I was looking for. The fulfillment of a promise, but that didn't save right. us. Then his no. death. Um, he died for our sins. Correct. But his resurrection is what gives us the hope. It's what gives us blessed hope, right? the blessed hope. Yep. Right. And, and you know, you, you pointed out that people would say, oh, yeah, but the birth was most important because you couldn't get the other two without it. And that's a true statement. And that's why I started by saying each one of the three things is vital. But the most important is the third one. Because if you say the most important is the first one, fine. Have him be born but not die. And what happens to us then? Right. Right? So, nope, not the most important. Okay, so have him be born and die and not come back. Nope. All that means is we we would die without sin, but that's it. Yeah, we we would have repentance. Okay? We would have repentance. But but Paul even said that it was pointless that we would be of all men most miserable yes. because we would still have restraints on us, but no next life to enjoy. Exactly. In, in contrast to the present life, no. Exactly. All right. So could you close us out with prayer then? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for your mercy to us, your goodness. We want to thank you for the plan of redemption, which is complex, uh, because the issue of sin is also complex. The great controversy is complex. And so we pray, Lord, that at this time when many minds on this planet are thinking in, in this direction, that we will reflect on your mercy and your goodness to us. Help us to be willing to instruct people, lead them to the cross where they can look at their Savior who died for them and rose again, and is coming back for us. Please bless us, Lord, bless this ministry, and help those that hear it to be blessed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have questions or comments about the truth of the resurrection, then email us at info at truewisdom.info. We also accept Twitter comments. Uh, you could send them to at truewisdom underscore pod, P-O-D. You can find out some of our other podcasts that we've done. You could look at our webpage, truewisdom.info, or get the list of podcasts from truewisdom.buzzsprout.com. And Andrew also has a podcast where you can get more information about this and other topics from the Bible. And it can be found? <laughs> it can be found at biostudy.asbzone.com. The podcast is called Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. And we're on all the same platform uh, podcast platforms as True Wisdom, which includes Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and more.
All right. We thank you for listening, and we pray you will be blessed.